Are you here? Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, how long have you been here? Well, maybe I should stop asking questions and start introducing the show, since you've been so patient waiting for this one to begin. You know, it's a great pleasure to feature Paul E. Leslie's interview with Michael Garrett. We consider songwriters pretty darn important. Who's our guest? Singer-songwriter Michael Garrett. He's an underground songwriter. He's recorded and performed songs independently. And furthermore, songs Michael Garrett has written and co-written have been covered by recording artists like Jared Tyler and Jimmy Buffett. Some of you may be familiar with his grand song, Reggae Billy Hill. <laughs> That's been discussed in great detail on Buffett News. On the note about songwriters and their importance to this show and society as a whole, the Gerard Birch Foundation is having their 21st annual Songwriters Show. Now, this will be a great time of fellowship, fun, and inspiration, and it's going down on Saturday, September 10th at 6 p.m. at The Lawn at Midland Social at 908 Grove Street in Gainesville, Georgia. Go to GerardBirchFoundation.com and get more information. You know, some people have really taken it upon themselves to help keep the Paul Leslie Hour going. And we say, God bless them. And you can be among them. Just go to www.ThePaulLeslie.com slash support. Thanks. Okay, Michael Garrett right here on the Paul Leslie Hour. It's time. Hey, it's me. Before we play the interview with Michael Garrett, I'm going to play a song, Pollyanna, that you've never heard before from him. And later on in the show, we're going to play, never before heard, the original version of Reggae Billy Hill. Let's get into the music and the interview. <laughs> I was on the telephone You were on the brink I left a message They were not at home You were talking to the sink You were singing little secrets As if I could not hear But like the running of the water it was all too clear You were singing Pollyanna who and a Pollyanna Why Pollyanna through But Pollyanna try Can't go back and you can't get through Pollyanna do What you got to do Snuck into the kitchen Someone's in the kitchen As you were walking down the hall Someone's in the hall My sins of omission Were hanging like a mirror on the wall I could hear you mumbling In the bedroom as you pulled out the drawers I felt my fears come tumbling down 
feet spread across the floor And they were singing Pollyanna who and a Pollyanna why Pollyanna do Pollyanna try Can't go back and you can't get through Pollyanna do what you got to do Shadows, nothing seemed to matter anymore. I heard you singing, Pollyanna, who and a Pollyanna, why Pollyanna do? But Pollyanna try, can't go back and you can't get through. Pollyanna do what you got to do. I want to introduce everybody to you. This is songwriter Michael Garrett we're talking to. Thank you for making the time to do this. Oh, you're welcome. I think most stories are best from the beginning. Uh-huh. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is where I uh, was born and raised. I now live in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. What was it like growing up in Tulsa? Well, I grew up in the, uh, the post-war. I grew up in the 50s. And Tulsa was uh, a very much going concern. And uh, just the post-war boom was there, and there were oil refineries, and just the blue-collar world that I grew up in. And it was booming. And the music that we got was on on the radio, and, and in those days around there, we didn't get a lot of the R&B stuff. We would get white covers of the thing, which was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah, it was, uh, but, uh, yeah, I got uh, smacked up on the head with the Beatles, like so many folks, and that was what uh, pushed me over into music, just in the aftermath of JFK's assassination just it was the timing was just right and I needed something to latch on to and that's what happened so you mentioned these white covers of artists I'm guessing like Fats Domino right yeah now Fats for some reason 
slipped through with just but he was unique in that but for instance we got a lot of Johnny Rivers covers of for instance uh, tracks to my tears I didn't hear the here's Smokey for years until I started you know digging around Oklahoma uh, in a lot of aspects it's like it was kind of America's Australia it was Indian territory and there were a lot of real characters that ended up there and uh the politics are, have always been very strange. Yeah. Tell us about your parents. Uh, my parents. My parents uh, were from, uh, well, my dad was from Idaho, and they moved to uh, Oklahoma, and he met my mother, and uh, they lived in Tulsa, and uh, he worked for the Postal Service for uh, went to work and worked till he retired as a postmaster. My mom was a homemaker, and it was very much just a, an ideal beaver cleaver world in a way that I grew up in. Yeah, they were uh, you know good good folks. Loved loved music. My dad used to wake us up with uh, little Richard in the morning to go to school. Yeah. Very much appreciated their hardworking and loving the, the attention that they gave us. And uh, it, was a, it was a good time. You mentioned the Beatles. What were some of the other artists that you most enjoyed? Well, yeah, I, I mean, other than that, I mean, at the time, you have to understand that they were, they took me so fully. I mean, I, I've, I heard the other stuff, all the stuff that was out there and loved, you know, so lots of songs, but as far as I just, they were my world. And I, of course, you know, you hear all, all of the, the other stuff that was going on was, it was interesting because it's on the radio. But as far as really digging into something, and then when they broke up, I, I was lost. And that's when the band came into my world. So uh, then the band led me in a whole another direction, and uh, I began to play bluegrass as well. Then spent several years playing bluegrass. And yeah, and then eventually I got uh, bit by the reggae bug, and which I thought for several years went that uh, went that way. And then African music came into my life, and so I've been playing. I play in an African pop band here in Northwest Arkansas. I've got a nephew from Ivory Coast who lives here. He. He uh, fronts the band, and he's a drummer and dancer. That's kind of where it all went. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. The variety that you like. You like bluegrass, African music, reggae. Just all, yeah, all really. I've just always been fascinated by all world styles. So tell us, what is the name of this this African band that you're a part of? It's Ozaquaba. 
It's O-Z-A-K-W-A-A-V-A, which Aquaba is a West African greeting, a welcome. And the O-Z is just, we're in the Ozarks, so it's welcome to the Ozarks, basically. But, but yeah. How did you find out that you could write songs? Uh, that really came from, I wasn't able to learn to hear lyrics that, that well. For me, music just strikes at such an elemental level, it was hard for me to remember lyrics. And songs of the day, I would be playing and I would just kind of have to make up lyrics because I didn't really know what they were saying. And I just realized, well, I can, yeah, I can do that. So kind of came from that. Would you say that you're more moved by the lyrics or the melody of a song? The, yeah, it's, that's really interesting because it's so different for what attracts. Yeah, I'm probably more drawn to the music, and yet lyrics are probably what I'm most. I spend most of the time crafting and 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 just really obsessing about. So, yeah, I, but it takes me a while to, li when I'm listening to music, to listen to lyrics is uh, it, it's way down the line because I'm just picking the music apart generally as I listen. Just, okay, what what's the kick drum doing? What the, you know, just kind of follow through the, through the orchestra or whatever it is. And so it's a, the music has a different, different use for me as a, as a composer. What was the first song that you wrote that you said, this is a keeper? That would, actually, it's uh, probably one of the first, probably the first, one of the first two or three songs that I wrote was, yeah, it's been, I got, yeah, it was, it was very early on that, uh, I've had. I've been fortunate to have a lot of keepers over the years, and of course, a lot, a lot of throwaways. But uh, I'm grateful to to have the uh, the songs that have come through me. There's a song that I heard of yours called Pollyanna. Oh yeah. What era was that from? That was nineteen. 1993, maybe, when uh, I recorded that. Yeah. That was kind of based on a Bakwanga South African group. Yeah, that's that song was what I call, that's my upbeat negative. <laughs> yeah, it's a sad, sad little stories in these perky little melodies. I like that song. Thank you. Thank you. There's a singer-songwriter named Jared Tyler. Yeah. And you've written songs with him, and he's also covered some of the songs that you wrote. That's correct. How did you meet him? Well, my wife works for the Postal Service, and she, Jared's father worked at the post office, and it was from her telling me about, you know, stuff that 
Jared's dad had played for her, and she said he was really good. And so uh, I called him up, and we started uh, we started working together. What did you think it was like to write with him? What I would say about writing with Jared is so many times Jared would have exactly what was needed and he wouldn't even he wouldn't recognize it <laughs> because it came out it just came out the way it was supposed to be. He was just telling you the idea of it, but even in saying that, he okay, that's it, you know, he just said it. You don't have to reword it. So yeah, it was interesting. But but in general Co-writing is not easy for me. I do, I've, I've always written solo in, in general, but I, I but worked with Jared and wrote songs with him for his project, and uh, and and then of course he recorded some of my songs on his project as well as the co-writer. So that was yeah, it was a good learning experience for both of us. But typically, you like to write solo. That's typically how it works, right. Well, one of the songs you wrote solo, there's a song on there on Jared's album, Blue Alleluia, called, I think, the, is it The Dancer? Dancer, right, Dancer. That's quite a song. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I love that song. Was that based on... Something you you witnessed, or was it something you dreamed up? It was an amalgam. The melody actually was an, it was a a bluegrass. I had had it as a fast bluegrass melody without any lyrics for a long time. It was just a like an instrumental thing, and then so I slowed that down, and it became I you know the stories that. The story is in there of my my grandmother who went into a, a nursing home and, and suffered dementia, and I watched her decline. So so I had that, and also you know since then different uh, grandmothers and mothers and in laws. So I spent a lot of time in, in nursing homes and just kind of the stories that are told there. And so that it kind of just came out of that. There's another song on the Jared Tyler album, Blue Alleluia, called Reggae Billy Hill. Right. It's a very, very interesting lyrics, very interesting story. Tell us about what inspired that one. Okay, okay. Well, this would have been probably 1982. And I came home from work. I work as a house painter, and I was probably painting. Like I came home from work, and my kids, who were just all under five at the time, my three of them, but they were playing. Uh, they have the record player, the old old school little uh, record player. They have the forty five of. Uh, Marley stir it up, but they had the speed up to seventy eight, and so it sounded like uh, it. It sounded like the the skank sounded like uh, what the mandolin does in bluegrass. It's chink 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 chink
So it, was just, it sounded like uh, I had this kind of uh, the image of Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys and, and Marley and the Whalers on the stage. At, and it was right during the, it was the early Reagan era, so the, the, the threat of nuclear war and nuclear winter was there. And so the idea of this post-apocalyptic festival where everybody was gathering in the warmer climes, and it kind of just, it grew out of, it grew out of that. Very interesting. There's a number of different people on message boards and whatnot who have tried to interpret the lyrics of that song. I know that's so, that is so interesting to me. It is. I've, I've read, I, I've responded to some of those. At one point, there was a, a Buffett News, I think it was, a thread, and there were, you know, several people, and, and I was able to respond to each of them that they had one aspect of it right, you know, because that's, that's the thing about songs, you know, somewhere in there. If, it, if you can relate to it, then there's, there's something in, that it was in the writer that, you know, connects with you. Yeah. Well, we should tell the listeners that the reason it was on a Buffett News site is because Jimmy Buffett recorded Reggae Billy Hill. Oh, that's right. That's right. He certainly did. He was exposed to it. Russ Teitelman, who I had produced Jared's album with, had uh, he uh, he had formerly produced. Buffett, maybe a couple of Buffett albums. Anyway, he was playing Jared's record to Buffett for his, Buffett has a label, and Buffett passed on the record, but he said, but I want to do that song. So that's where that came from. What did you think of his interpretation of your song? Oh, it was, a, it, it, I mean, the, that band was, it, yeah, it was a, it's a, it's a really great recording, and it's uh, I had to. You have to let you have to let learn to let go when you're a writer and a singer as well. Just le- learning to let go of people's they have their own way of doing things, you know. And I'm just you know it's funny because Buffett was off of my radar at the time. I had no idea. Then I found out about this whole world of parrot heads and. Everything and now, you know, he immediately became my, of course, my favorite artist because he recorded the first person that co to cut one of my songs. But I love, I love what they were able to do with it. That's uh, it's really uh, an honor. And I got to hear him play it live in a concert in Little Rock once, and that was a a real high point too. Did you ever have any communication with him? I met him at uh, the uh, the con. He played at Little Rock a few years back. I got to spend a little bit of time uh, time talking to him. Yeah, it was it was it was great. We have uh, a lot of similar our our interests in West Africa. He's spent a lot of time over there as well. So uh, it was really good to to connect with. So right now, ladies and gentlemen, on the Paul Leslie Hour. This is never before heard, the original version, the definitive version of Reggae Billy Hill by Michael Garrett. 
tried at all to actively pitch your songs to get other people to record your songs? I have with with no, with no success. It's a very uh, yeah. It's just it's a tough it's a tough world. So you've got a if the, your connection to the artist or the producer isn't just a straight shot, it's really hard to to get things through. 
I have a ton of I have a ton of really wonderful songs that maybe someday will be enjoyed by. Well, I, I have not been as proactive in putting stuff out there as as I could have been, but that's uh, that's just the way it is. Is there any particular song of yours that you could especially see another artist recording? Like a lot of times, someone will say. I wrote this song, I listened to it a few times, and then I thought, man, I could really imagine Bruce Hornsby, or... Right, right, or, or X, yeah. There's a, no, there, there are, yeah, there, actually there are a lot. And I've, and so living and, and, and not living, <laughs> living and dead. There are lots of people that would, I can hear. Yeah, I would. Yeah, some. I wish at some point I could just, you know, sit. I would love to sit down with you and and play you a bunch of songs because I've got tons of that's so many ideas there that I, I it's hard to even just pull one out. And I'm so not up with with who who's singing what right now. Very very insular. I think in my I. I Work uh, and listen to to we listen to different you know Pandora stations and whatnot. But I, my exposure to there's just so much music out there that I don't know who should ever sing uh, who should be singing what. <laughs> I don't even know who's out there. Well, who are a few of the all-time favorite songwriters of yours? Oh, well, of course, I have to have made my big nod to Lennon McCartney, of course. But uh, Paul Simon is, is just, you know, without peer. Bob Marley, great songwriter. Uh, you two have written amazing, amazing. Oh, they're, they're, yeah, they're. There's so many. Roger Miller. Roger Miller is a great songwriter. And you have to, you know, Dylan, my God, you just have to dip your hat because now, as he continued to do it, so there, yeah, there's the, the, the world is full of, of amazing, amazing people. Just, people are amazing. Just, Hmm. Is there a song of yours that you could say is your favorite? That that always it, it kind of changes over time, but for for most for most of since it's been written, which is what thirty two years ago, Regabilly Hills did my favorite song, but. I've written some since that have come to be. I've, I've got one called "Every Temple Will Fall," that is become uh, really dear to my heart. But uh, yeah, interesting. When somebody listens to your music, whether it's Jared Tyler, Jimmy Buffett. If you're performing it, whatever, no matter what the mechanism is, what do you want the listener to get from that experience? 
connection. That's a level to be connected to that. To be whatever the the story, the feel, the the groove. People are taking it on so many different levels. Just to, I, I want them to. I don't want there be to be anything in the way of them experiencing it. I just want it to be an open flow. What is the best thing about being Michael Garrett? Best thing about being Michael Garrett. But that thing is is just being. It's it's uh, just yeah. It's quite beyond words, shall we say? I love being me. The best, the, the luckiest thing. I have a wonderful wife. We've been together since nineteen seventy-seven. So the best thing about leaving me is that I I love being. It's a great answer. You have the opportunity to just say whatever you want to anyone out there who's listening. So uh, I would invite you just to say whatever you want. Uh, well, if anybody is listening and has any interest at all, that's that's amazing to me. But because uh, I know my my music is not uh, been widely known, but uh, I just want to encourage everyone out there to just find out who you are. What is that? What is that essential part of you that has always been there? And just be yourself. Whatever that is. There's very very little more that can be said beyond that. I thank you for that opportunity. Well, you just said that you would want the listener to find out who you are. So I would ask you, who is Michael Garrett? Michael Garrett. What, what we're what we're calling Michael Garrett is generally when people. Say, Speak like that, talking about a certain body that was born at a certain place in a certain time and has acquired all sorts of conditioning and uh, different stories and different abilities that have been developed or not developed. And so as far as who who that is, that's there are so many variables, and those change from moment to moment, and in lots of ways, it's like the cells of the body. It's just everything's moving like that. But at the core of that is is the one who's there deep sleep, and uh, it's wordless and formless, and it's the essential. The essential and it's shared. It's a it's it's beyond identity. It's a shared reality. It's even beyond reality. It, it's a, a shared being that we all partake in. 
So uh, that right, the, the what we call the Michael Garrett is just the the guy who's hanging off the ladder, playing a guitar, or, you know, doing this or doing that. But at the at the core of that, the one who's experiencing all of those experiences is the same as you. And it's the same as as all of us. It's uh, being. So we we we're off beyond words now. I thank you very much for sharing with us. Oh, you're quite welcome, Paul. I've enjoyed it immensely. Likewise. All right. Well, have a great day. All right, sir. You too. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer. Written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano. The traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour. <laughs>